You are now listening to Fixed Ops Chops, a podcast designed by top industry experts to provide you the cutting edge information you need for a lucrative fixed operations department. Stay up to date on the hottest profit strengthening products, services, and technologies. And now your host, CEO of Tire Profiles, automotive industry leader, and fixed operations expert, Dave Boyle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fixed Ops Chops. So I have a question for every dealer and GM out there. What's in your secret closet? Before you turn me off, I'm not talking about skeletons, so don't worry. I'm talking about that closet where you put all the stuff that you bought over the years that either didn't work as promised or your people don't use it anymore. I'm talking about that closet. They are secret because most dealers don't like to admit it because it represents mistakes that were made, money that was wasted, and possibly people that were lost. Some closets have more stuff than others, but make no mistake about it, if they're being honest, every dealer would admit to having one. So my topic today is, how do we keep from filling up that closet? And this may seem a bit weird coming from a guy who sells stuff to dealers for a living, but this has been a pet peeve of mine for years. I hate the fact that dealers have these closets, because every time something goes in there, it makes them a little bit more skeptical about the stuff that they could really see value out of. In my experience, things that end up in that closet have two things in common. One is that they don't make the work process easier. And two is that success can't be easily and definitively measured. Let's look at the first one. The notion of making things easier. Every product requires some level of human interaction. And human nature is we don't like change. And when change makes our lives harder, well, then that change likely won't stick. This is true for all products, even for the ones that claim to remove the human element. Kiosks are a perfect example of this, and they're very trendy right now. They're supposed to make the process of check-in easier and better. The better part is debatable, in my opinion, and that's a topic for another podcast. But while they may allow the customer to check themselves in and possibly even write up a repair order, which is good, potentially... They won't do either of these things properly without someone making sure that the settings and data that's driving this software is set up the way the dealership wants it. And this is constantly changing, which means there's a constant need for maintenance and updating. If this is not done, well, then guess what? The tool becomes inaccurate and people stop using it. So if a product like this requires the service manager to keep it updated, that's extra work. And if typical human behavior kicks in, it will eventually stop happening. And when that happens, the product doesn't work properly and it won't deliver the expected results. And then it's on a fast track to your closet. Now, making the process easier doesn't mean zero additional work or effort, but there must be the right balance. You need to look at it this way. The amount of gain or benefit from use must outweigh the amount of additional effort required. And more importantly, there must be direct measurable benefit for the person who is tasked with the extra work. So this brings me to my first piece of advice. Does the product that you're looking at pass the easy button test? Dealers, you must ask this question of any product before signing on the dotted line. Will your people use this? Will it be hard to keep them using it? If the pain outweighs the gain, then the answer is likely no, and you should take a big step back before signing. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't sign. I'm just saying buyer beware. There is one caveat to the easy button test, and I'll I'll come back to that in a bit. Making the process easier is a frustrating one for me as a vendor because, quite honestly, this should be the easiest thing we do. 
If nothing else, we should develop tools that help people do their job. But way too often, companies get caught up in their own idea of success and forget about the end user. We have a saying around my company is, don't drink our own Kool-Aid. There are so many examples of really great products from an engineering and design standpoint, but yet they miss the mark from a process perspective. One of the most glaring examples of this is these on-the-drive service lane quick alignment products. Several companies make them and dealers bought into the concept big time. There are literally thousands of them out there. And unfortunately, when I see them, the vast majority of them are covered in dust. This is a perfect example of a great idea and a very well-engineered product. But during the design phase, no one asked, will this get used? Does it fit the process? Does it make people's lives easier? The reality is these products take too long to be an effective tool on the service drive. They work just fine. They just don't get used because the tool doesn't fit the process. And as a result, the vast majority of these are unfortunately in dealers' closets. I've been in this business for 30 years and all of them with some sort of technology vendor for service departments. And I myself have made this mistake. Over my 30 years, I've learned this. Technology must be designed to support a sound process, not the other way around. There are people who believe that good technology can change the process. I don't necessarily agree, and I'll tell you why. Any new tool must be used to provide its value. I think we can all agree on that. And to get a tool to be used, it often requires people to change current behavior. And this is where it potentially all falls apart if you're not careful. Getting people to change is hard. And like I said, if change requires, if the change required is greater than the perceived benefit, then you could be in trouble. As I said, I've made this mistake myself. In a former life, you know, I ran a company that pioneered the electronic or digital multipoint inspection space. Over the years, we developed, I think, one of the best inspection tools out there. It had more features in it than you can imagine. But somewhere along the line, we forgot about one thing, and that was who was our customer. In our case, the customer was the technician. He was the one that was going to have to use it. And unfortunately, we made the product so feature-rich that most techs views it as hard to use. And as a result, they constantly found ways not to use it. I mentioned earlier there was a caveat to all of this. The caveat is this. We are in a customer service business. If a product or process change makes more work for people, but it's substantially better for your customer, then it's worth doing, even if it will be hard to execute. There will be things that you have to push people to get them to use, and that's okay. But as a manager or business owner, you need to realize that products like this, ones that people don't naturally want to use, will require constant effort to make them stick. And that's not a bad thing, unless you don't understand this and are not committed to making it work. If you're not, then pass, or you'll have another product headed to the closet. There are lots of things that dealers implement because it's better for your business and your customers. Over time, these become a condition of employment for working at your dealership. If you do this with almost any product, you'll get the desired results. The question you'd ask yourself is, how important is this to me? Am I willing to do what is necessary to make this part of my brand? If not, and it's a product that will require more work, then you should pass. The second leading cause of things ending up in the closet is the inability to determine value. Can you measure success? 
I'm sure I don't need to connect the dots, but this one and will people use it are connected, obviously. As I stated earlier, it doesn't matter how good a product is or what benefit it will provide. If it's not used, it's useless. So I'm going to break the measurement requirement into two parts. One, can you measure the process? And two, can you measure the outcome? You need to have both if you're going to have a successful product in your dealership. You must be able to measure if it is being used and more importantly, how well it's being used in addition to the actual outcome. I'm going to use multi-point inspections to illustrate my point. What is the goal of a good multi-point tool or process? It's to inspect the customer's vehicle and find any legitimately needed work to be sold. There's a lot of words there, so let's break that down. The outcome you're looking for with a product like this is added sales. So if properly implemented and used, your ad lines and sales per repair order should go up. That's a good thing, right? Hold that thought for a second. If not used, then you would expect no additional sales, correct? Maybe. In order to truly know if your MPI tool is working, you must be able to take a deeper look at the process, not just the financial outcome. So, your sales from MPI are going up as reported through ad lines from your vendor. But what if it's at the expense of the core value of the RO? I have seen this hundreds of times. Ad line revenue goes up, but total sales per repair order is flat. What happened? What happens is advisors get lazy and stop selling menu items and other things with the mindset that the tech will catch it during the MPI. And they get to use that wonderful, my tech said, sales approach. That statement right there is a topic for my next podcast. But anyway, this is a perfect example of a tool that is not delivering on the overall promise of making you more money because of a process breakdown in your dealership. You must have the ability to measure and understand the execution of the process to truly understand the effectiveness of any product. Let's look at one more example. Let's say that your sales per repair are actually going up, but from what? Remember those words, legitimately needed service? If your overall dollars per repair order are in fact going up, but due to stuff that the tech wants to do rather than something the customer really needs, then that can be a very bad thing. When my career shifted from MPIs to tires, it was as a result of seeing so many inspections where a high-paying chemical flush, for example, was sold over a bald set of tires. This is happening every day in dealerships, trust me. The tech wants that work, they don't want the other one. And that's what ends up driving your MPI. So what looks like a good thing on the surface, sales going up, may in fact be a very bad thing for your customer and from, for you from a retention standpoint. So what products should you buy and how do you keep your closet empty? Well, step one is to empty out the closet in the first place. Dale Carnegie said a successful person will profit from their mistakes and try again in a different way. Or as I like to say, learn from what's in your closet so you'll be in a better position to make future decisions. Don't stop looking at products and services that can help your dealership, your employees, or your customers just because you made mistakes in the past. That would be waving the white flag. But make sure you know what to look for and ask for. What is that? Step one is to ask yourself, is this something that is so easy and has huge individual benefit that your staff will naturally use it? Great. Then, if the ROI is there, do it without hesitation. If not... Don't say no just yet. 
But ask yourself, is this something that can greatly benefit my business and my customers? And if so, am I willing to do what I will need to do and to get this to stick and make it a condition of employment? Don't be afraid of this. This is your business after all, and you do it every day. It's not hard. It just takes one critical step actually doing it. Step two is you need to ask, can I measure the execution of the people and the process? This step must come before measuring any output like financial gain. If a product must be used or managed in a certain way to deliver results, is it? And if not, who, why, when? A big word of caution here. There are many products that fall short here. If the sales pitch shows you how they will determine the ROI, you need to ask the question, how will we get there? How will you, Mr. Vendor, be able to show me that my people are using it and using it effectively? Don't fall for generalities here like, well, you'll see it in the numbers. That's when you need to call bullshit. Show them that you're smarter than that. Make them show you how they will connect the dots for you. Good products plus good execution equals results. Don't let them skip the step in the middle. And finally, step three, can you easily measure the real ROI? If the product is designed to help you sell more, for example, then make them show you how they're going to prove it. Be careful of the shell game here. This is when the vendor reports show you one thing, but your financial statement tells you a different story. Now, this may be in fact true as there's lots of things that can impact the numbers on your statement, but make sure the vendor can measure the specific value attributed to them, not just things like total sales going up. Let me leave you with one final thought on this subject. The vast majority of dealer vendors have the right intentions. I don't believe anyone is out there to rip dealers off or intentionally add things to the closet. Sometimes certain products just don't fit, or what looked like a good idea on paper ended up being a big challenge to implement in the real world. Remember, no one knows your business like you do, and you didn't get to be a successful entrepreneur by mistake. Ask the right questions, and be prepared to do what you need to do to make any product successful. And most importantly, don't be afraid to look at everything. It will only end up in your closet if you allow it to be. Until next time, this is Dave Boyle and Fixed Ops Chops signing off. Thank you for listening to Fixed Ops Chops with Dave Boyle. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to visit tireprofiles.com to join the conversation and discover our Fixed Ops bonus content.